Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following episode of Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's going on, everybody? Pat DeVere here, and we are hurtling through portals into the mirror dimension here at Flamon Studios to discuss our first microsode of the year 2022 to share it with all of you. Woo! I am Pat DeVere. I am your host for this uh, roundtable discussion. I am being joined East Coast only by a bj what's up and eric hello and we have uh been summoned by ned through <laughs> uh the use of a sling ring to convene here today to do a deep dive a spoilerific uh discussion about the marvel film entitled spider-man no way home we touched on this at the end of our uh, last episode of 2021 where it was noticeably absent from that conversation partially because it is a topic too big to be put into a multi-topic format uh, but also because brian hadn't seen it yet he is still uh, not braving the theaters except for once to go see dune because if you're a long-time listener you will understand the obsession that he has with that. Um, <laughs> I don't think the rest of us understand it, but hey, you know, to each their own. I will not kink shame anybody on their film choices. <laughs> I will not yuck their yum, uh, as I have been uh, told before. I was going to say, we can totally talk shit about him in this episode, too, because he won't listen to it till he sees the movie. So it's right. like the perfect <laughs> It'll be like three months time. later. <laughs> It'll be, a, it'll like, be like, son of a bitch. <laughs> we'll be like, oh, oh, you saw it? Okay, cool. And we all leave the chat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> get yeah, all your brain chatting with you. Bye. <laughs> get all your Brian shade out while you can. <laughs> Wait, which one is it? <sighs> there we go. <laughs> it's like he's in the room with us. <laughs> <sighs> I just love that that's like the the absolute standard. So even when he does it when we're when he's actually here recording with us, it just sounds like the soundboard is going off. Yeah, because I think he I think he did it the last time we recorded, and then you played it back to back, and there was like no difference. It Absolutely is- none. Absolutely none. Anyway, enough of that. We're not here to uh to to talk about Brian's lack of movie-going experiences uh, during the pandemic. Uh, We keep telling him to go to a a super late show, but, you know, he's an old man. He can't stay up that late. So, (laughs) all right, fine. Last one. That was the last one. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I can't talk. I'm a fucking old man myself. I legit, like, 11 o'clock rolls around, and I'm like, "Mm, I should have been asleep 20 minutes ago. Last night, I fell asleep on my couch at 10 o'clock at night and slept there until 5 a.m. And then got in bed and slept until 7-something. Oh, my God. It sucks being sick, though. That's part of the reason why I went to bed so early last night. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. But depending on you know how long uh, I stay sick, I could still be sick when this comes out. So I just started antibiotics today. Woo! Had to hit that <laughs> seven-day seven period before I could uh, start those. Sinus infections are a bitch, especially when they give you double pink eye. It's been a week. It's been a week. Anyway, enough about my ailments. So we're here to talk Spider-Man. We are going to (laughs) spoil the hell out of this movie. It's by the time this comes out, it will have been out for just about a month. So depending on when you listen to this, it may be longer than a month. If you are listening to this, Spider-Man No Way Home is going to be in the title of this uh, episode. So... If you don't want to be spoiled, what are you doing here? Unless you're a masochist or don't care, in which case, then, hey, continue listening. Not a big deal. Hello, how are you? (laughs) But if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, then, uh, yeah, stop listening and come back after you've seen the movie and we'll still be here. It'll be there for your listening enjoyment whenever you are ready. So hello, future listeners, three months down the line and Brian. Good to to see you all. So let's get this out of the way. Let's talk about what Spider-Man No Way Home is. Spider-Man No Way Home is a 2021 American superhero film based on the Marvel Comics character Spider-Man, co-produced by Columbia Pictures and Marvel Studios and distributed by Sony Pictures Releasing. It's a sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming from 2017 and Spider-Man Far From Home from 2019. It's the 27th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. film was directed by John Watts and written by Chris McKenna and Eric Sommers. It stars Tom Holland as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, along with Zendaya, Benedict Cumberbatch, Jacob Patalan, John Favreau, Jamie Foxx, Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, Benedict Wong, Tony Revol... Eh, I'm in, oh God, I'm butchering this right now. Revol... Revolory? I'm Revo- so sorry. Revo- Revolory. Sure. Uh, Marissa Tomei, Andrew Garfield, and Toby Maguire. In the film, Parker asks Dr. Stephen Strange to use magic to make his Spider-Man identity a secret again, following its public revelation at the end of Far From Home. When the spell goes wrong, the multiverse is broken open, which allows visitors from alternate realities to enter Parker's universe. 
So that is the uh, wiki breakdown for you. 27 films in. We are going to do this the way we've, we have been doing uh, most of our recent or more recent film reviews. We're going to do this in three rounds, uh, followed by a flame rating. First round, the things we loved about the movie. The things that made us cheer, get excited, maybe sport a little uh, Marvel wood in the theater. <laughs> then we're going to flip that coin and talk about the things that we didn't like, didn't make sense, could have done without. Um the kit bits of the movie, so to speak. And then uh, we'll uh, round it out with some wild conjecture and speculation about the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Phase 4. What's next for Andrew, Toby, possibly in uh, movie form, Tom Holland's future as uh, Spider-Man, and uh, anything else we want to wildly speculate about from the end of this movie including the uh, post-credit scenes. And uh, then we'll flame rate it. So we are going to start off. Let's start off with the great things about this movie. Eric, I'm going to throw it over to you. You usually don't kick us off. So I'm going to let you have free reign to choose from everything about this movie. Tell me what you liked about it. Everything. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, right, episode done. See y'all later. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I liked the way it picked up right after, like like immediately after um, Far From Home. That's the one. Um, I liked that Charlie Cox popped up and was a very good lawyer for all of 30 seconds. Um, was it even that long? It was like 12, but it was the greatest 12 <laughs> seconds of the movie. I mean, maybe not of the entire movie, but it was so good. <laughs> Um, I really liked how, uh, Benedict Wong is now, um, the Sorcerer Supreme yes. by default. <laughs> that was great. That was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And I can talk, I can talk about it when I get to my turn. Uh, that was spoiled for me. Um, and a little side project that I got to witness. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, cool. Um, I probably, I don't know. I think my favorite acting in the movie was Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe. I just think that those two guys, I mean, Sam Raimi casting those two was just genius and, this movie just rounded out their characters so much more. Um, I know you said it's what the 27th Marvel movie. Well, I'm sorry. Those five movies are now Canon. And (laughs) so there's now 32. If you count the end credit scene, now there's 33. um, Cause Venom's now in Canon. Um, But yeah, uh, the way they just built upon a green goblin. And I don't think the goblins ever been as far as a villain. I didn't understand, or I didn't green goblin. I didn't really connect to too much as a villain, but this one just made him so much more sinister of a presence. Um, Jamie Foxx was meh. 
Um, I liked him better than I did in the Amazing Spider-Man too. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, yellow is a better color for that than blue, um, for sure. Um, I never saw Spider-Man three, so I can't speak to how improved Sandman is or wasn't. Was he Honest? in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was he just, just to say i want to go home to my daughter his voice his voice was on honestly he was he was the most consistent thing about spider-man 3 like he was he probably got more development in spider-man 3 than like anyone else everybody else was it was like everybody else was just living a terrible life and he's just like I just, I just, I just want to go home. Like that is the most relatable thing ever, and I love the fact that they didn't try to shoehorn anything into his character other than I want to go home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Salmon um, and Lizard were the oddest like additions to this movie. I understand that they were trying for a pseudo Sinister Six type of feel. But with as little as was done with those two characters, I kind of feel like they didn't... I mean, all right, I'm jumping into maybe a critique here, but <laughs> it's very odd. Like, I, I don't... I didn't think they were bad characters. I didn't think it was a bad addition. I just felt like, why? And I mean, yeah, Thomas Hayden Church just coming in to say, I want to go home and see my daughter. Like, <laughs> how do you do well, that to Ned? Ned well, deserves they... better. <laughs> I think they wanted one from each movie and oh, yeah. from Spider-Man from Spider-Man three. The other choice is, um, what's his name? Topher Grace as Venom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and you really you're can't do that with incorporating a Venom. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I uh, get it. I get it. And I'm sorry. I, um, can, can you say, can you tell me again who, who was uh, the green goblin? Uh, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Every, every fucking time every time i tried i tried not to interrupt earlier and do it but i had to come back i had to circle it back around just so i could do it it's my um, favorite fucking thing about willem dafoe is just that how he met your mother reference that i will use every single time his name is around willem um, dafoe. I, I also loved how um tom holland's spider-man really showed off how smart he is in that um, he used math to beat Dr. Strange. That was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. That was the most Spider-Man thing. Peter Parker, that's the thing I, I lo absolutely love about that, that whole scene. Peter Parker using the nerdiest fucking thing to just, to, and not even like, I'm pretty sure he didn't expect to waylay him for like 12 hours. He 100% was just like, oh, damn. Okay. See ya. Yeah. Like just, just <laughs> bolting out of there is so, is so Peter Parker and so annoying to Dr. Strange. Exactly. It's great. That was great. Um, but I, I also liked in that, shows that magic isn't all powerful in the MCU. Sure yeah. it's sure it um can do a lot, but you can still beat it. Um and I just wish they would have had the uh the meme from the the Spanish soap opera lady. Like I want that. I want a still of Tom Holland 
in the mirrorverse and then just all those equations flying at his head. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I thought you meant the one of the lady uh, just in subtitles cries in Spanish or oh. screams in Spanish. <laughs> cries, cries in math. Screams in math. Maths in Spanish. W- uh, maths in, math. in Spanish. <laughs> Webs in geometry. Uh, I loved all the banter between the three Spider-Men. Um, they just played off each other so well. Um, first when they went and had to console, uh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man one, right? So, so when two and three had to console one and, (laughs) and then later on when they're getting ready for the fight and, um, Andrew Garfield cracks, uh, Tobey Maguire's back. Oh, <laughs> I'm waiting for that porn. I mean, if that wasn't the most homoerotic relationship in this entire movie, oh, and I was no. so here for it. And I literally, the two, the literally, two of them were fr- oh, sorry. <laughs> literally in the movie theater, there was like a guy sitting five seats down, and he was just like, "This is gay," and I laughed so hard at his comment. I was laughing so hard at that back cracking scene and like everybody chuckled, but I'm in, I was in tears. I was trying not to laugh that hard, but I was laughing so hard at this random dude, this random homophobic dude, five seats down is like just the act of some dude cracking another's back was like the gayest thing he'd ever seen. I I was in tears. I was like, I'm surprised you didn't yell out. Yeah, daddy. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was, I, 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 I laughed so hard and they're like, and he was giving me the stink eye too. And I was like, listen, that was the weirdest flex I have heard since grade school. (laughs) Was so good. Was so good. I, I would have, I'd have, I'd have paid double my ticket price. If they had at least just had them, you know, kiss on screen, I'd have been like, <laughs> take all of my money. I am okay with this. Um, Still awkward the, about Loki and, and Sylvie, but <laughs> Peter two and three, go for it. I'm down. Um, the, the banter of the Spider-Men um, when they found out Tobey Maguire can just generate webs himself. Oh, oh! <laughs> Andrew Garfield <laughs> leaning in and being like, "How does that even work?" Like everybody being like, "What the hell?" Do, do, do you only shoot them out of your wrist? Oh, <laughs> oh! <laughs> I'm like, that's where the that's gay comment should have come. Like the back cracking, whatever. Right? God damn. Uh, but just so much good. Um, I should let one of y'all talk because I can. I was gonna talking. say, I'm like, let's let's save some for BJ and me because uh, I mean these are all good points. I like I, I I do not fault you for any of these at all. But BJ, why don't you throw a couple out there and uh, then we can talk over you as well. <laughs> um, no, so this was uh, I I want to say this was one of the best acted Spider-Man movies ever like everybody brought their fucking a game to this movie um willem dafoe 
just gave <laughs> I see you. I see you. Don't do you, you want to do it? Don't you do it. <laughs> do you want to do it one more time? <laughs> um, um, no, but but that just the chills that went up the, my spine when Peter webs his hand and and uh, Otto's like, Norman? And he goes, Norman's on sabbatical, honey. And I'm like, Ugh, just the way his voice changes. Um, and, the, every, and the thing is, we got so much more development for MJ. Um, seeing her and Peter actually together in this movie her being his rock it was so great Ned, Ned we Ned's been a tag along for the first two movies so there really wasn't a ton to do with him but he, they they hit it on the head with him turning out having like some talent for magic um and then Aunt May like out the fucking box like they tricked us they 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 bamboozled us this trilogy was an origin story. This trilogy wasn't post-origin story. This was the origin story. And on the whole the whole scene where he is crying because he is just they have both just gotten their insides beaten on the outside from Goblin and him just crying and Aunt May just holding him and telling him you did the right thing. Like not upset, not sad. Like she's literally in the process of dying and she's like, you did the right thing. You did nothing wrong. And like, that's what we do because that's the character of Aunt May. Aunt May does the right thing every single time. And that's where Peter gets it. He doesn't just get it from uncle Ben. He gets it from Aunt May. So I love that Marissa Tomei. If Michael Keaton earned his fucking paycheck for the year from that scene in the car in the in spider-man comb humming comb humming um homecoming (laughs) homecoming she earned her fucking paycheck for those three movies from from when she met norman at the feast center to like that right before she died like every single scene with her and her running at goblin like marissa tomei brought it this movie and like it was phenomenal. Like um, everybody was, everybody was bawling. The guy that said like, this is gay in the theater. When, uh, when aunt may got up and he's starting to walk her out. Um, the, his girlfriend goes, she better not die. She better not fucking die. And I was like, she's like, don't you fucking do this to me. She's like, <laughs> and so, and you, have you guys played the PS4 Spider-Man game? No. No. Do you care if I spoil it for you? No. Eh. Eric? Okay. <laughs> I need I need verbal consent. Um so in a really horrifying twist and real in realism, um, there's a plague, a pandemic that gets released on New York in the game, and Aunt May gets sick, and Peter manages to get um the va- like a vial of the cure, but only one vial. And he has to make the decision on whether or not he saves her or he risks her life waiting for a day and a half for them to synthesize more. And that the scene with Aunt May in that video game mirrored the one in this movie so beautifully because all she she looks at him, he's in a Spider-Man outfit. She looks at him and she just goes, take off your mask. She's like, I want to see my nephew. 
and he's like i don't know what to do and she's like yes you do and just that those two lines like yeah i was they got they got perfectly the core of who spider-man is in the writing of this movie and like absolutely just beautifully done um my other highlight just just to jump in there before before you move on um that also that scene also is an indirect stan lee homage slash we'll call it a cameo because her quote it's the normally the standard uncle ben quote Mm -hmm. but the first time around the first time it's in a spider-man comic wasn't said by uncle ben and it wasn't just the standard with great power comes great responsibility it's actually a stan lee kind of like addendum kind of like the 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 narrator in the the comic and it's in there written as with great power there must also come great responsibility which is how marissa tomei's aunt may says it in the film So it's an indirect nod to Stanley and a little uh, cameo of his words and a uh, and a callback to make it to bring it back to the original verbiage and separate it from the two previous uh, Spider-Man movie trilogy duos. Um, sorry, Andrew. But uh, <laughs> it, it gave that little bit of a separation, but connecting yes. it back to like the actual like foundational tissue of the character from the comics and give that little that nod and homage to Stanley, which was the best part of that for me. Yeah, it, that was I mean, absolutely beautiful. Um, my other hi- another highlight I had was. Honestly, out of all the bantering moments in the movie, and there were a lot because that's just John Watts loves those, um, the villain's banter was absolutely hilarious. Where especially when you had Max talking to the lizard and and Dr. Connors is just like he's just like, Is that you, Max? He's like, the last time I saw you, you had bad teeth and a terrible comb over. He's like, Did you get a makeover? And and then him being like, yeah, this is Dr. Kurt Connors. He's like, yeah, he wants to turn people into lizards for some reason. <laughs> and he's like, it's it's the next natural step in evolution. He's like, I can help you, Max. And he's like, is it to turn me into a lizard? <laughs> he's like, yes. And I just love how just that banter back and forth with all of them was like a wonderful little homage to like how absurd Dr. Kurt Connors as the lizard has always been. Um and I love, I love that um, you know they made jokes about um, Electro's body in the first movie versus this one. Um, and I like, I really love um, uh, what is it? Um, Osborne's Osborne's uh, throwback to the first movie. You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. Everybody laughed. Everybody, everybody was like, "Stay away from that man." Um, and yeah, just the, the, and then they, and then I love that. First of all, this just, this movie just proves to me how annoyed I am and how much I kind of dislike Tony Stark because the first two movies of MCU Spider-Man was just Peter cleaning up Tony's messes. Like a lot of it, a lot of it's Tony's fault. Um, but in this one, we actually got Peter, Peter cleaning up his own messes. Um, 
But I was worried that Doctor Strange was kind of going to be kind of like the quote unquote mentor. Um, but no, it was almost like every time they were together, it was like a buddy comedy or it was like, it was like two equals instead of like Peter, Peter looking for like a father figure. I love, I absolutely love, I love that they, they tabled Dr. Strange, um, at one point in the movie. Uh, that was, they, they literally had Benedict Cumberbatch in there at the most perfect moments because we got updates on him, but we also this at the core it's a spider-man movie it's not a doctor strange and spider-man movie it is a spider-man movie um and honestly as as much as it pains me the ending the ending of this movie and like it's a bad it's 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 not a bad ending but it is a sad ending it is hopeful but it is sad as fuck um you know peter's self-sacrifice is like a core to Spider-Man. Peter not wanting anybody to get hurt and him looking at that bandage on MJ's head. Again, that girl that was sitting next to her boyfriend, she was just like, he better not leave. He better not fucking leave her. (laughs) I know he didn't just lie to Michelle. (laughs) He didn't just lie to Michelle. Go tell her the truth. And and then him, him leaving so they can go to Harvard. Um, was it Harvard? MIT. I know it was in- MIT. MIT. So they can go to MIT and live out their dreams. Like that that was that was beautiful. Um and just and then but then the added effect though, I just love how this decision while Peter like literally Peter has to get his GED, he won't be able to go to the college of his choice. He's literally alone. He can't even call up on any superheroes for help. It's it, it's so sad. But then on top of that, Tombs forgot about him. Vulture. And the whole reason Vulture stopped doing what he was doing was because Peter saved him. So now we've got room for him to come back. And that's going to really be a twist of the knife if he does pop back up. Um, so yeah, I'm... I, I honestly... I have very few bad notes, but in all honesty, this was probably one of my favorite Spider-Man movies of all time. Nice. So I'm going to echo the uh, the the Charlie Cox Daredevil moment because <laughs> I have to. Because that was, I think, one of the few times where I legit just grabbed Mike's knee and just started like squeeing in my seat. Because I was so excited having watched Hawkeye on Wednesday and Vincent D'Onofrio's return as Kingpin there and then going on that Sunday to see this movie like I figured it was gonna happen. I mean these are all like the worst kept secrets in the universe (laughs) but to actually see it happen was so cool yeah. uh and then him describing the brick and i'm a really good lawyer like that's just <laughs> i loved it i wish there was more to it because all right i'm gonna leave that be i'm gonna stop my sentence there <laughs> and come back to it in, in segment two um but that was phenomenal andrew garfield's coming through the uh the the portal was i i 
don't think I've ever seen The Amazing Spider-Man 1 or 2. Uh, and I didn't see Spider-Man 3. I saw Spider-Man's 1 and 2. And I think that was it. But the just kind of joy of it happening in this movie, what he walked through, and then that entire scene, like <laughs> MJ wanting him to like attach himself to the ceiling. I and, love like, his interactions with MJ was absolutely fucking hilarious. <laughs> with is, the bread. Ned's grandma, like, can you can no. you can you dust over there? <laughs> That was amazing. <laughs> Ned's grandmother for a fucking Oscar. Like, she <laughs> deserves it. I want all of the Oscar nominations for uh, for Ned's grandmother. Uh, but then, like, her saying, like, no, crawl across the, the ceiling. Like, those, like that entire scene was fantastic. And then them getting Tobey Maguire's uh, Peter coming in looking like a youth pastor. An over-the-hill youth pastor. A youth pastor that probably should not be a youth pastor anymore. But anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, like that was just so like it was it was a moment of odd joy for the viewer in a really tough moment for the characters. Um, and then, yeah, the, can, can you go clean over? The, that was just amazing. <laughs> that was oh such joy, such joy in that woman. Uh, Ned having some magical abilities was a very interesting twist. I loved him uh, saying to Doctor Strange uh, during the fight, uh, "I won't turn evil and try to kill you." That was <laughs> that was cute, um, especially you know after his conversation with was it Peter? Is it Peter three? Yeah, yeah. And when he asked him if he had a, a Ned, and he's like, "Yeah, he turned evil and tried to kill me." Yeah. Okay. Um, that whole scene with the three Peters, the the uh, the science bros, that was cute. Um, the the chem the 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 chemistry of those three on screen together was probably what made this movie so great for me because it was extremely cluttered with characters. There were so many characters in this movie. That it's just ridiculous to even try to name them all. But the chemistry with them works so well. And then, like y'all had mentioned, uh, Strange being sidelined for a good chunk of it was was really cool. Going back into the Mirrorverse, those scenes in the Mirrorverse are just so well done. They're beautiful yeah. to watch. They're, it's just crazy. Just crazy how, how, how intense those, those scenes can be. Um, Peter's astral form and his body being separated, but being independent <laughs> of each other. It's well, and that's that's what's what's hilarious is that's happened in the comic where either Peter gets knocked out, and unless somebody's actually trying to murder him, if somebody's like trying to actually hurt him while he's passed out, he actually has like his spider sense just completely takes over, like. There are times where, like somebody, like some, like like a doctor walks up behind him and tries to get like a blood sample or something, and he's like, "Nope." Like, it, so that was absolutely hilarious. When doctor, but and that was one of the things that I really liked is it's also an homage to. There was a point where Peter fought like most of the Avengers all at the same time in the comics, and like they couldn't touch him. 
because literally he can he like his his spider sense makes it super difficult to land a clean hit on him. So I love that the idea that like <laughs> Strange can't grab the box. That was that that was that was super entertaining. And then just having Tom Holland's like voiceover in his astral form as he's like <laughs> observing the whole thing. Like uh-huh. every other time we've ever seen it happen, it's always been this intensely disorienting and like disconcerting feeling for the person. You know, I think the first time we saw it was Strange in uh in Doctor Strange, where the ancient one does it to him. And then we see it again in uh, Infinity War when uh, Mark Ruffalo gets knocked out of uh, out of his body. And it's always just this like crazy scene. And then there's Tom Holland just like, that was fun. That, <laughs> that was that was fantastic. I overall, I like the way that they portrayed all of these villains. Throughout the uh, throughout the course of it, seeing the ones who wanted to change, and seeing the way that they kind of responded to it, it was it gave them a depth that I don't know if their characters had in their original movies. So it was great. Um, I think uh, one of you had mentioned kind of like the rounding out and the fleshing out of these characters. Uh, so I definitely agree with that. I loved the robot, Happy's robot that uh, knocked oh. over the Legos and then was rebuilding them throughout the course of the movie. And it was like this little Easter egg as, you know, like it got destroyed and then he's rebuilding it and then it gets destroyed again. Like that was, <laughs> that was cute. Marissa Tomei, definitely huge uh, props to her. One of the funniest fucking moments, which was the biggest, I don't even want to say it was a throwaway gag, but it was so not even focused on that I think that was what made it better was when they all get to Happy's place and they're kind of settling in and she just comes down the stairs and she's burning sage (laughs) (laughs) and just trying to cleanse the house. And I'm like, that is fucking hilarious. It just the way that it was portrayed on screen was so blase and nonchalant that it worked so beautifully well. And I, I commend them for that. Um, and then I think the last thing that I will, yeah, I mean, we've, you guys have brought up so many fantastic points about this, but um, I really just think that Peter's realization at the, at in the moment where he wants to take revenge and Toby's Peter number two, comes in and um, and just kind of shows him where that would go. And it's because he went there himself that it's not necessarily the words. It's having them bond like that before the fight. He can just kind of, it's that nonverbal, like, look at me, don't be like me kind of connection that they have. And it just, it, 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 it hit home. It hit home. Uh, and then I, I said that was my last one, but I have this one last thing. It's another Peter, Peter one, two, and three conversation when they're all sitting there waiting for the fight to start. And they're talking about, is uh, like, I fought an alien or, you know, with the black goon. I fought an alien. He was purple. I just fought a guy in a rhino suit. <laughs> that conversation 
was fucking everything. Everything. <laughs> and I loved it. The three or, of them, I just yeah. so good together. So fucking good yeah. together. Yeah, or the or when they're mid fight and they're regrouping and they're like, We have to fight as a team. And Peter number one's like, I've done that. I was part of the Avengers. And they're like, Cool. Is that a band? <laughs> what is that? Band? <laughs> I oh and I was gonna say I I missed one thing. Um, we actually technically did have a sixth villain in the movie. Um, we had J.K. Simmons as not only J. Jonah Jameson but antagonistic J. Jonah Jameson. Like, like, uh, like I definitely uh, there's talks that they'll probably do. Like, I think that he there's three more movies coming to continue kind of where the story's at right now. And they have set up this perfect sort of thing with J.K. Simmons as like straight up like hiring hiring bounty hunters and like calling in calling in like lines or doing phone lines to be like where is he did you see him like I I actually forgot for a long time that J. Jonah Jameson was straight up an antagonist in the comics like he created the Scorpion in the comics. So I'm very, in, and the Scorpion exists in, in the MCU. He's in prison right now. So it'll be very interesting if they actually do that storyline. Um, but no, yeah, I forget. J. Jonah Jameson as this kind of Infowars, like nutcase that thinks like he's the hero for like stopping Spider-Man. I, I loved that. I for, completely forgot about him. Dude, when they pulled the camera back at the beginning, like after the 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 revelation of Peter as uh, Spider Man, and he's in his like fucking garage with a green screen and like milk crates, <laughs> fucking lost it. I was like, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> like, like that's my setup. Like I'm okay with this. And then just like to see it as like the the fervor grows with you know the the hunt for peter and spider-man and then he starts getting like the the big office you know the uh oan the info wars like all of that kind of setup and then starts doing those uh commercials well it was it <laughs> yeah was it like it was some sort of vitamins or, or yeah. supplements or something yeah i don't remember exactly what it, what it was but i remember like just going yep that's that's what uh an alex jones or or somebody of that ilk would be doing for sure because it's degrading but also bringing the money so yeah all right thank you dear listeners for hanging out with us for over 10 years now this has been an incredible journey an incredible ride we are so glad to have you for our newer listeners welcome aboard there's a plethora of entertainment for you at your fingertips uh just head back through the feed and check out a lot of our past shows our micros have uh, the titles of what we were talking about. Those are great places to jump in and hear some of our old content. But uh, you don't have to. You can just keep on enjoying the ride from here on out and enjoying our new content every other week. You can check out all of our social media, including our Twitch channels, our YouTube channel content, uh, our Threadless shop, where you can pick up your own Flame On swag. You can check out our Patreon page for support, all at flameonshow.com. So go check out our website. Go uh, follow us wherever you want to follow us. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us. You can hit us up on the social medias. We just love hearing from you. 
And uh, we want to interact more with you in the year 2022. So go check us out, flameonshow.com. And as I mentioned, our Patreon is there as well, patreon.com forward slash flameonshow. We have four different levels for you to join and help us support and continue doing this uh, podcasting endeavor and journey. So, uh, yeah, we would love for you to join us on that ride. So flameonshow.com and patreon.com forward slash flameonshow. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, let's do the flip side. We're going to talk about the things that we either didn't like, maybe thought could have been done better, uh, just didn't feel like they needed to be there, things of that nature, the the cons, the critiques, and uh, the petty uh, kit bits of this movie. Let's swing it around the other way. BJ, kick us off. I know you said you didn't have a lot. But uh, what are some things that maybe were not the epitome of cinema in this movie for you? Well, this is a read. Um, this was Spider-Verse. I mean, it was it, it was into the Spider-Verse. Um, <laughs> I mean, so honestly, though, I didn't... <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hate Into the Spider Verse. I'm excited for the sequel to to Across the Spider Verse. Um, this I'm like, feels. Did you just sli- say you did not hate Spider Verse? I did not hate Spider Verse. I love Spider Verse. Oh, okay. I'm okay. like, okay. what okay. Okay. is this? No, I was like, no. I was like, that's very lukewarm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. like, I mean, I didn't hate it. No, no, no. I didn't I, vomit I love- on myself while watching this movie. It I was have- fine. I won't poke my eyes out. If I need Spider-Man, I guess I can watch it. Um, but no. If so, I need a like, Post Malone fix, I guess I'll just watch this movie. This this feels like Spider-Verse appropriation. A little bit. Um, but it was done well enough that I would like, you know, could that nobody's even talking about that. I feel like I'm I'm one of the few people that's like, didn't we see this before? In just a different mechanism. Um but Honestly, uh, villain choices. Uh, I, uh, Melina and Doc Ock. Oh, no, Doc Ock and Green Goblin. Yes. All the other ones. They honestly, they honestly could have had the rhino. I would have, I thought that would have been even funnier than having Kurt Connors as the lizard. Like, 
like the uh, like because they did spend a lot of the movie making fun of the amazing spider-man villains and i was just like you've got it then get the weirdest one get the most the, the most fucked up one um i uh what, what do you fix about him other than just take him out of the suit like that's just it. Like you have, you literally have him complaining that he doesn't have a suit, and then you have Goblin either piece one together for him, or like I don't know. Like I would just like he could have been the sixth one that they're like, "What are you gonna do? <laughs> like, what are you gonna rob a bank? Like get out of here." Um, I would have actually probably liked to have had a comic book villain we've never se- like we've never seen on the screen before. Um, like, like a bad one, like the ringer or slide, um, uh, the beetle. That's a, that's a good one. Um, just, it would have been nice to have a a little bit more of a nod to like the more outlandish villains out there, jack-o'-lantern. Um, but that's, that's just a personal preference. Um, yeah, honestly, other than, other than the fact that it's like, it's, we just got Spider-Verse 1.2, um, it's honestly it's it's probably this is probably my favorite marvel movie out of all technically 30 32 um <laughs> uh yeah no and and i would have honestly i would have liked more i would have liked more aunt may i would have liked more of um the the three spider-men palling around but i realized that's not something they could really do and keep keep the pace that they had going um I like that they use. I I thought it was weird that out of all the MacGuffins we're going to use, we're going to use the fabricator uh, that I think I'm just going to say, I think he's used the fabricator. He used it in the last movie. Um, So I know Iron Man's used it all the time. It's literally like most of his suit up sequences are in the fabricator. Um, So, but yeah, no, I, I honestly, that's all I got. I really can't think of anything that, I was like, this has to be done differently. And I did not like this. Uh, everything else, it's just me nitpicking and try, try, trying to get more, trying to squeeze more out of it. Let's say, well, that's what we're here for. That's what we're here to nitpick these movies. It's what we get paid to do. <laughs> I mean, I'm waiting for a paycheck from somewhere, but you know. <laughs> we'll see. Eric, what about you? Um, probably my issue was, and I understand that where they wanted to go with the movies, it makes sense that it was done. The writing for it was well done. The acting was well done. I just didn't need a, with great power comes great responsibility moment. I did not need Aunt May to die. And that'd be tragic for Peter. Um, I understand why it was done. But to me, I loved the fact that we picked up MCU Spider-Man where theoretically that had already happened to him. While it was never expressly said that there was an Uncle Ben, it was just kind of assumed that okay, we only see Aunt May, so that means Uncle Ben's dead already, and they already did that. That was already dealt with. And then he had... Can you imagine if the first time we saw Aunt May, there was a box of Uncle Ben's rice on the counter? 
Oh, and that was just her only Uncle Ben reference the entire time. And then she accidentally, and then um, it spilt somehow, and (laughs) Tom Holland goes, "No!" Um, (laughs) He cries over over the spilled rice. Now they now I do I will tell you that they are doing an animated series that's um, called Spider Man Freshman Year. And it's supposed to be, I guess, Tom Holland Spider-Man right after he gets his powers. Um, and I don't know if we're going to see Uncle Ben. And the only time they've mentioned Uncle Ben was in What If, um, where he mentions Uncle Ben. But yeah, we yeah. We, we still well, have Uncle no Ben's idea. Uncle Ben's alive in one of them in What If. No, he's not. Wait. Hold on. What am I thinking of? What are you thinking of? Where is it? Oh no, that's the comics. Never mind. I was watching a, uh, I was watching one of the comic story ones. It's, is it Spider Verse, or it's one of the, it's one of the the Spider Verse stories. It's the irradiated planet where Uncle oh, Ben's the yeah. only survivor, and he's in that like uh, the thing. Sorry, between so if you've never seen the comic story channel, they take these uh, like storylines, and Benny will like dramatically like read them back and like summarize them but then they use a lot of the art from the comics so it kind of looks like a pseudo animated comic a motion comic that they did like for a hot minute back in the early or late like aughts um but they're really good so like if you want to catch up on or you want to kind of get to know about some of these storylines go check out the comic story and channel um plus benny is super fucking hot just (laughs) daddy Sorry, what? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, no, back that's, to the nitpicks. Okay. <laughs> um, but, Have y'all seen the comic story channel? Just Yeah, no, I haven't. Okay, Eric, you need to go go check out uh, Benny and then report back. His... <laughs> Just saying. Uh, but, but beside that whole um, possibility of Uncle Ben dying for Tom Holland, you also had his other mentor of Iron Man dying and him having to deal with some sort of survivor guilt over that and feeling that he had to measure up to the legacy of Iron Man. Um, so to put that, that to me, if you're not going to give him the Uncle Ben moment when, when we first meet him, that was kind of his Uncle Ben moment. So I just didn't need that. Sure, you can kill Aunt May. Aunt May, Aunt, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm saying Aunt May has died in the comic book. My drag, right? <laughs> you Aunt May has died in the comic books. She's apparently died in the video games, but has Remember never. So May will the... never be a guest on our podcast now. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. But, but you, you didn't have to give her that line. It, it just. It didn't seem, it seemed off to me um, to put that there. It was like, oh, now we, it just felt like every time they do another Batman origin movie, oh, we have to see the parents die. Oh, we have to flash back to that. Um, no. You think that'll be in the Batman? I'm sure it will be. At some <laughs> point, he's going to flash back to it. And he's going to flash back to him falling down the well. Oh, there's bats everywhere. Oh, Martha. my gosh. Uh, Martha. Why did you say that name? Um, <laughs> um, no, but 
that was the biggest nitpick for me was just I did not need Aunt May to say the power responsibility line because I feel like Peter would have been a in a grieving enough place without that line just losing the Aunt May. Ultimately, I understand why they did it. They wanted to reset Peter back down to friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. That's why they had to get rid of the fabricator. That's why all of Stark stuff had to be um, confiscated by the government. That Everything made sense to put Peter where he is at the end of the movie. And you can build him back up from there. Because when they... When he jumped into the MCU, he went from zero to a hundred. And so you have to reset him back down. So I understand. I just, it just felt a little off to me. That's all. But uh, again, it was well scripted, well acted. Everything like that was fantastic. But yeah. Kill all the Aunt Mays. <laughs> you, you heard it here, drag. folks. You heard it here, folks. Eric wants Aunt May's to die. I hate Aunt May. Uh. <laughs> Hide your kids. Hide your wives. Because Eric's killing all the Aunt May's out here. How's that for a throwback? Parker, Meme. bring me those pictures of Eric. The Aunt May killer. Oh no, now he's going to go have a spell cast where everybody forgets that he wanted to kill Aunt May. It's going to go horribly wrong. It's going to be a, a cloud version of Craven the Hunter in the sky. It'll be, it's just going to be horrible. <sighs> All right, my turn to nitpick. Okay, so let's start with Charlie Cox. <laughs> let's just rewind back to the, let me just start this the same way again. I love that he was there. I hate how short it was. Honestly, like, you're going to make this man, like, public enemy number one. They're sending out planes and copters and all of these things to, like, track him down. They strip Stark Industries of everything. Lord knows what Pepper Potts is doing because uh, Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't know what movie she's in anymore and apparently didn't show up to <laughs> film this one. Um, but they, they all of this stuff happens and then it's just not there anymore. It's not a point for the story at all. I get that, I guess, technically not a lot of time passes between when he's arrested and... He's questioned, and they're all questioned at the police station to him being released and having that, and then having that final battle. Like, I get that there, there probably isn't a lot of time, but it really just feels like a point that was there just for the cameo and the spell. Like, it was just there as, like, this hey, here's this plot point that we're never going to come back to and go. I I don't think I needed there to be a long running thing with it, but it just felt unnecessary. Like there could have been, you didn't need to have all of that extra kerfuffle involved with being arrested, except just to have Charlie Cox show up for 12 seconds on screen. I will take all 12 of those seconds and love them, <laughs> but I can I can simultaneously 
love a scene and um, have problems with it at the same time. I am complex and multifaceted like that. (laughs) I was not a huge fan of some of the pacing. It felt a little herky-jerky at points. And I know they needed to slow down the action. But like having Peter go and sit atop the, the, the school and then like, I know that it set up certain things, but it just felt to me for me, there were points where I felt that the, it didn't flow in a way that really felt a hundred percent cohesive. I'd say for about 90% of the movie, it was fine. But those, that 10% where it felt a little herky jerky, a little start, stop, start, stop the doctor strange, the the kind of keeping them all in that little prison in his basement. Like there were points where it just felt a little off to me. Might just be me. But, and again, it didn't make me dislike this movie. I didn't hate this movie, uh, to, to coin a BJ phrase. I didn't hate it. <laughs> but um, I, I, and also like, I don't know how I feel about their differing ways on trying to solve the problem. I get the the young, impetuous, I'm going to say hopeless romantic side of, of Peter for wanting to fix these people and send them back. But at the same point, I am also an old bitter man and can understand Strange's let's just send them back. The fabric of reality is crumbling around us. You realize this, Peter, right? We might just want to fucking fix this. So I wasn't, I I didn't, maybe you're supposed to feel a bit of a conundrum on how this is supposed to be, but has, did, did neither of them see, uh, is it the butterfly effect? Is that that Ashton Kutcher movie from like 2002? <laughs> I mean, with the amount of uh, pop culture references that, that Peter makes, like you change something, it's going to have a ripple effect. And now you're changing, fixing, curing, whatever for these people who all pretty much got zapped out of their realities the moment they die. How does that impact those worlds and those realities? Like, you're kind of fucking with a lot more than just this little bit of it. You are you're you're messing with all of time and space and reality. Let's get those gems going. So I don't know. I felt a little I felt a little weird about the the way that it was handled and not necessarily a nitpick of the movie. Maybe it's something that's supposed to make you think a little bit about it, maybe have a little bit of a deeper thought about how things are and 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 why they're done a certain way so maybe that's maybe it's a mix of a a a a comment and a critique and a positive because most marvel movies don't make me think that much about kind of the morality or the the way that these people are going about what they're doing so um i mentioned it a little bit before Thomas Hayden church and lizard Sandman and lizard being in this movie. There was nothing inherently wrong with them being there, but why were they there? 
that the lizard just sitting in, basically just sat in the goddamn uh in that cell from before like before we even had any knowledge of that cell being there and then was in the van <laughs> during all the apartment stuff and then ran amok and then got stabbed with uh, the serum to turn it back to a human that was about all that he did there was no real aside from pointing out the obvious upgrade to Electro's body from Amazing Spider-Man to this movie. Uh, and I would just say, I think, Eric, you mentioned that yellow is a better color for, for Electro. I didn't say it in my other things that I enjoyed, but I love the fact that they did that, the lightning bolt uh, face mask. The mask that wasn't oh, a face yeah, mask. Yeah, yeah. The, like the, the comic the actor face effect. mask that wasn't a face mask. Yes. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, love when there's an odd like that. I'm, I'm a sucker for when they do all of those uh, the Netflix shows, especially, were were notorious for doing the classic com- uh, comic costume as a throwaway gag, and I fucking live for it. Live for it. So to see something like that was fantastic. Um, the final battle was a little like it felt a little, it felt a little weird. I loved it, but I felt odd. I don't know if it just it all happened so quickly. Um, but maybe if there was a little bit more, maybe it was a little more fleshed out overall was good though. Um, would have, would have been cute to see either an MJ from, uh, the Raimi verse or, uh, Gwen appearance. I know that there was wild <laughs> fan conjecture that there was going to be a Gwen Stacy, spider Gwen type of, uh, moment for Andrew Garfield, but you know, overall I, I for as much as I can nitpick some things, like BJ said this before, I, I thought it was a good movie. I really thought it was a good movie. So I'm not gonna sit here and try to bash it. I'm not gonna try to rack my brain for all the little the little bits and pieces. It it, it gave me what I wanted out of it. I just think that some of the things were a little like meh. Um I wish Wong well, would have come back. <laughs> like well that was that was one of the things though um somebody else had mentioned um when you were talking about uh peter's decision to help him like that um that was actually aunt may's idea because peter was gonna send them back yeah oh no no because yeah. that was yeah she she was pushing him to do that like and i and i get it and and again like you'd mentioned like may is the heart of peter i i get it except when he calls her may I'm like just i'm done with that <laughs> You don't you don't like anybody calling a parental figure. Um, we rehash this every every two years. We rehash this first first <laughs> their first name. I think you need to watch Encanto and learn about some generational trauma and manipulation because that movie. No, you don't think I, I'm a I'm a Puerto Rican <laughs> who has lived through generational trauma. You don't think that I you don't think I know that. I'm like. <laughs> If there is a, if there is a goddamn character in Encanto that calls their their <laughs> relative by a first name, I'm gonna turn the movie off and be like bullshit. <laughs> Nobody qu- r- called Abuela by her name. No, she no. Was Abuela. <laughs> no, no, you do not do that. My grandmother will always be Abuela to me. Like that's just how it is. Oh, but I don't but call no, my mom you, Cecilia. No. Your, this is weird. <laughs> your your talk about like 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 I've never had to think this this hard on 
a like a like a superhero movie that's the big conundrum like that that's why like why superheroes shouldn't superheroes like handle them or should they just handle them and should they be proactive about helping people that have tried to kill them in the past or some reality or another nope that's that's a really good question is that this is this is where that that gets really muddy because it's not them like they don't know these people they don't you're you're now it'd be one thing if it was the vulture who is part of this universe has had a direct contact and a direct tie to this Peter. If that was the case, and we see what the what the result is, you do what you can to help that person. You know, even though they were just in the process of trying to kill you. And that's what the heroes in this universe do. But when you're now saddled with, hey, here's this random person that does not belong here. Reality is tearing apart because of this foible of a spell that if we can put them back, if we can put those pieces back into the chest, into the box, into their reality, we can make things okay for now. And then Peter is saying there, "Eh, you know what? I don't think I'm going to do that. Like, uh, yeah, it's it's a little tough. I think Eternals was the only other one that had kind of n- not the same type of like make you think, but was a little bit more kind of thought provoking in certain aspects. Like had a little bit more depth to like kind of what the story was. Um, and I yeah, I mean, I put it in the the, the comments and critique section, but I don't know if it's necess- necessary. I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing. It's just something that's different. And it's a comment on on it. And I I don't know how I feel. And I don't know if I like that. So I put it in the things that maybe I didn't like as much. You heard it here, folks. Pat, Pat the Bear would let your universe self die if it meant everything was fine for him. Exactly. <laughs> Eric's over there killing Aunt May, and I'm sending you back to your universe where you die. You're sending your, you're he's sending you back to die. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it's not like they were like three years before they died, and then he's letting, and then he's killing them. These characters were literally removed from their universe at the moment that they died, and uh, and yeah. And then my only other thing, and it's a weird one because. I'm happy about this. But at the same time, why the fuck was Venom involved at in any way, shape, or form? <laughs> like, literally, Venom's foray, foray into the MCU was in a post-credit scene. And then his exit from the MCU was in a post-credit scene. He was there to leave behind... Some Venom symbiote ejaculate. And that was about it. Why? Why was that needed, necessary, or called for in any way, shape, or form? And how did that one little bit of the symbiote, I'm trying to say it properly, get left behind? Like, what was the need for that? I mean, I'm glad. Again, I'm glad because I don't give a shit. We're going to get symbiote Peter at some point. I mean... I would like to see what they're gonna. I, I would like to see what the MCU version of Venom is gonna be, but 
I would rather it not be Venom at all. I would rather it be like um, uh, the the female one that's in the Sinister Six. I don't know her name. Uh, Scream. Yeah. Or something else because I imagine the Scream is a Shriek. Shriek was the Shriek. Uh, the woman with the no Shriek was the woman with the sonic uh, voice. Um, okay. And Scream was the yellow reddish uh, symbiote with the with the with the bouffant like giant seventies hair. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just because I feel like they're gonna they're gonna pull Tom Hardy back in somehow to be involved in the MCU. I don't know. It's it's so weird. But I mean, those the symbiotes are usually like. I mean, I know they, what, all come from Null. Like, Null is like the god of symbiotes. But they all tend to have their own kind of unique being. Like, Carnage is its own symbiote. Venom is its own symbiote. Uh, like, so for the Venom symbiote to stay behind feels deliberate. But I get what you're saying, Eric, because there is talk about, like, uh, Tom Holland being... A part of Venom Three, which, dear God, why? Why does this keep happening? Because um, what's his name? Money. Michael Money Ke- happens, Michael that's Keaton. Why. Well, because Michael Keaton's in the Morbius movie. Yeah, we don't know what the fuck and, is up with that, and that got yeah. pushed back again. So now we don't even know when the and fuck that's, that's going to come out. And that's Sony. So wouldn't Mo- Morbius there be in the same universe as Sony's Venom? You would think. Which he even makes a reference to Venom in in the trailer. Uh, he makes a reference to Venom, and Michael Keaton's in the trailer. I know it's it makes no sense. And then the 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 Spider Man poster in uh in that is the Raimi is um Toby's Peter. So it's a whole fucking mishmash. God knows <laughs> what the fuck is going on in that in that film. I'm still intrigued, but God knows what's gonna what's going on in that film. <laughs> Only time will tell. We'll get to that in just a minute in our wild speculations. <laughs> Speaking of, let's go into round three. Let's see our wild speculations, conjecture, um, fan theories that when they don't prove to be right, uh, we will claim that it's all just horrible and uh, that they should have taken our ideas. It was Mephisto. It was Mephisto so... all along. <laughs> So, a huge f- fan freakout that happened that turned out to be p- probably absolutely nothing um, was that Andrew Garfield's uh, stunt double somehow let it slip on Twitter, I think, that The Amazing Spider-Man 3 was back on, um, but then came back and had to retract, and he was saying he responded to a post that was where they had abbreviated... Spider-Man No Way Home, and he got confused about what movie they were talking about, blah, blah, blah. But I do not think that Sony has um, suddenly greenlit another Andrew Garfield movie. Um, I wouldn't mind it if they found a good storyline for that universe, or if that was the Tom Hardy Venom universe, you know, and this is in DC. I don't see there being honestly, even with the introduction of the multiverse, I don't see Marvel or their production partners with Columbia slash Sony, whatever, um, doing all of these 
tangential doubles. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see there being two different Spider-Man movies live action. Because obviously we're getting into the Spider-Verse 2 Part 1 coming soon or rather than later. Um, I don't, I just don't see them doing tangential live action films. I think it, that boat it, is that ship has sailed and it's just wishful thinking for people who are sure. looking at the past with rose colored glasses. Sure. It would be very difficult to do, but if there was any chance of it happening, they have lightning in a bottle right now and they would have to capitalize it on it now because Andrew Garfield's not getting any younger. <laughs> but do you think this lightning that's in this bottle I, I, currently... I do not think I do not think it's going to happen. Well, and I think it would overcomplicate everything. Absolutely. But even so, this this supposed lightning in this supposed bottle, a film like that would take a couple of years to come out. Do you think that this lightning in this bottle would last that long? Like, do you think that there would be that much clamor and care about The Amazing Spider-Man 3 in two or three years' time by the time they wrote it, produced it, film it, post-production, and bring it to the studio, like, bring it to the screen? I don't see it. It would would totally depend on the storyline for it. They would almost have to scrap most of what happened in Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. As far as the overarching storylines which the whole mystery about the parents like what happened to them and then they could maybe continue the gentleman thing as to who was bankrolling what was going to become the sinister six in that universe it's possible they could continue that but um it would just depend on the story but no i think it would overcomplicate everything people already talk about having mcu fatigue and superhero fatigue as it is you can't have a live action multiverse it's crazy to think about so do you have any wild speculation or conjecture yourself after watching this movie that you want to see happen either in uh additional spider-man movies or uh, just the the overall universes is, is um something that got me thinking as BJ was talking about um, J Jonah Jameson Jonah <laughs> J Jonah Jameson uh, being such an anta- antagonistic figure um, is if he starts hiring bounty hunters I would like to see uh, Craven the Hunter pop up and be like I'll do it. Well, he's getting his own movie, so we're going to see Craven. Yeah, but is it is that going to be? He is he connected to Tom Holland Spider Man? Mm. That I don't know. I mean, he's gotta, I mean, I feel like he's got to be connected to a Spider Man, so we'll see. But I mean, I'm with I feel you. Like I want to see him. In, I feel like they're putting him in the Tom Holland Venom verse. And that's where he. I don't. I don't, I don't know who he would hunt in that case because he's hunting rabbits. But I love to see Craven. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe um, Donald Glover comes back and becomes the Shocker. No, he'd be, be he'd still be the he'd still be the Prowler. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would not mind seeing him but, come back for sure because that that would be that would uh, bring it back down to street level, which where Peter is right now. Um, that'd be kind of cool. Especially if they but, were yeah. to somehow have him stop slash rehabilitate even more and have an aged up Miles kind of maybe be taken under Peter's wing and have a little bit of a mentorship and eventually take over the role of Spider-Man. Like that could be that could be an interesting way to go with it. Because unless mm-hmm. Miles was blipped, he's five years older than he was in the first Spider-Man movie. Because Prowler mentioned that he had a nephew. Uh, mm-hmm. He didn't mention how old he was, but if he was like if he was like eleven or ten, he would definitely be the age where uh, the, the the other spider bit him. So, yeah. Um, it. I know. Right now, it would be a lot harder to bring him back around the other superheroes, but the other superheroes do know that Spider Man is a person they just don't know who spider-man is um but i think he would be a cool mentor to whatever future thing they do with young avengers yeah and i'd like to see that but that's that's pretty much all i got for theories and conjecture love it bj wild speculation so we got public in and we got we got spider menace um and there were some amazing storylines, um, or spectacular storylines, if you want. Um, uh, spectacular, if you're nasty. Um, amazing storylines. Superior. <laughs> yeah. So you've got, so you've got Peter in like a homemade suit now, because the Stark tech probably the Stark tech in the suit he had throughout the movie probably doesn't recognize him. Um, so now he just has to, he has a homemade suit. So he's kind of got to get back to his detective roots. So, uh, with the Spider-Man storylines, you've got, um, you've got, uh, Peter taking more of an active role in fighting organized crime. You've got J Jonah Jameson, uh, being bankrolled by a lot of people that either a want him off the street or B want to capture him for experimentation. And I feel like that storyline would be fantastic, especially if you have a. They, I think they haven't they haven't introduced Alchemix, um, and Alchemix is one of the big um, uh, evil faceless corporations that tries to either cre- recreate the Super Soldier formula or recreate Spider Man's powers as a military use. Um, so you've got you've got those storylines. Uh, Roxon, I know Roxon exists in the MCU. Um, but uh, definitely with Jameson, you can totally have him get because uh, the Scorpion with Peter being with Spider-Man being viewed as a criminal, anybody he's put away between homecoming and now can make a case to get out. So just that alone, you can totally have um, the Scorpion show up on Jameson's doorstep offering his services to catch Spider-Man Um Alistair Smythe, who creates the Spider Slayers. You can have that as a storyline. There's so many ways they can go with this. Uh, but I definitely think they're going to go with Jameson hiring 
uh, either bounty hunters or various criminals to catch Spider-Man um, so he can keep kind of bankrolling his uh, Infowars sort of thing. And in the meantime, you've got Peter having to to get a job. Uh, he's probably going to, we're going to have NY, uh, was it New York State, Peter Parker, going to community college just so he can he can get a college degree and try to balance all of the Spider-Man stuff, which now he has to do at night because the cops will totally come after him. People will come after him in the daylight. So um, I'm excited that we're, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to get Spider-Man as storylines, and I'm very excited about that. Nice. I don't have much wild conjecture or speculation because I'm not, I've never been a big Spider-Man reader. So I don't really know what to expect or what to hope for. Um, I am utterly confused about how this spell works and how Spider-Man exists, but nobody knows it's Peter. Like, how does any of that make sense with Civil War and any other part of... uh, his adventures as an uh, an Avenger, like I, I just I don't get it. I mean, whatever. If he doesn't have a, you know documents or anything like that, how does he go into college? How does he get in a GED? Like, I I don't know if you can just literally like, can you just be like, hey, I would like to take my GED tests. Like, does that is that how that works? I don't know. Um, but I would like to see. I would like to see there being a little bit more of an over overlap with the Sony characters that aren't in the MCU. I don't know if there is going to be this shared somewhat universe where they're going to try to take these next three films and remove them a bit from the MCU proper because it's going to be that, you know, street level story versus these gigantic um you know overarching galactic plots uh and if that's the case i mean i would love to see there to be interaction with like black cat you know we're, we're gonna start to see some of these characters coming to the big screen in the sony spider-verse and i would love to see a little bit more interaction with them i would love to kind of see that that mix and match um i I'm still a little mad that he swore that he would go and find MJ and Ned and tell them and then made the decision not to like, and I get it. I get the whole self-sacrifice, but it's also a little selfish. Um, So I would like to see a little bit of those characters, especially MJ maybe come into her own in a, not necessarily. And I want to say, like, in, in kind of a ghost spider way, without it being Gwen, like, I would like to see her find a way to be a hero in that respect. Like, that's just really kind of, I think, left field. But, you know, if we're going to have uh, Michelle, was it Jones Watson or Watson Jones, uh, you know, be her name, I feel like we can incorporate a little bit of multiversal Gwen into her as well. And, maybe have her be a little uh a little ghost spidery type of character as well but i i just i want to see them do fun and different stories in this universe with peter um and i'm i'm surprised that the christmas tree was still standing in rockefeller center when he swung by it so obviously uh <laughs> kate hadn't uh knocked the tree down yet so 
good on him for swinging by with the decorations still up. Yeah, I think that's that kind of uh, wraps it up for for my uh, apparently not so wild speculations and conjecture. But overall, uh, great movie. Let's close this episode out, gents, with our flame ratings. BJ, I'm going to throw it over to you first. Uh, I think it's five out of five for me. Wow. Yeah, five out of five. Perfect score for me. All right. Eric? Yeah, I'd have to agree. It's a it's a fiver for me. Wow. All right. We way to way to leave it to me to to uh, <laughs> destroy the average here. I'll go four seven five. It wasn't. It, there are very few movies that I would sit there and say are perfect, um, but this one was really good. This this was a, a a really good movie. It was a great way to end the year, especially coming off of a year where we had no Marvel movies, and then we've been inundated, not in a bad way but inundated with a lot of Marvel properties uh, from the four movies. We got four, right? We got Black Widow. We got Shang-Chi. We got Eternals. We got Spider-Man. Did I miss any? Nope. Okay. And then uh, what? One, two, three, four, five television shows in WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, and um, Hawkeye. So from nothing in 2020 to nine different Marvel properties on the small and big screen, this was definitely a great way to cap it. And it, it tied together a lot of the, uh, the ribbons that were floating in the, the wind for this trilogy. And it was a nice uh, capper for the year in MCU, leading the way into quite a bit of um, fantastic stuff that's coming in this year in 2022 so I'm excited to see where Marvel goes what they're going to be doing and uh, be here to chat with you gents in the room and uh, just talking about it for all of you out there that are listening don't forget check us out online our website is flameonshow.com you can find all of our social media icons there uh, our twitch channels ways to email us all of that please do we want to hear from you Tell us if you agreed with, disagreed with, want to add on to anything that we talked about here today about Spider-Man No Way Home. We love to hear from you. We love to interact with you. So please do that. And uh, then we'll be back in two weeks for our next episode. Oh, Patreon. I almost forgot to say. Come join the Patreon family over patreon.com forward slash flame on show. Four levels for you to uh, join in on. Hopefully we will have some of our house members over the next couple of uh, months join us on our roundup episodes. We have a couple of house members and uh, I'm going to reach back out to them and see if we can't get some special guest voices on these shows. So, uh, so do that. But yeah, two weeks, we'll be back another pop culture roundup episode. Um, I've got to start writing down some of my one-ups. I got a couple already. So just know there's going to be a few for, for January. <laughs> just saying, just saying, I love it. All right. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We'll be back two weeks from now. Till then, Bobbyuch. Bye. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.